everyone, and welcome to CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King, and today we're going to cover the coronavirus, or COVID-19. Unless you live under a rock, the past few days have been disconcerting with canceled national sports events, celebrities testing positive, and some international travel being banned. Just today, on March 12th, as we record this, Governor Lamont banned events with 250 or more people and school districts across the state have decided to close for a period of time. In this episode, we hope to share with you practical information for keeping your employees safe and healthy, implementing business continuity plans, and how to put anxieties at ease. Right now, we have federal and state government resources on our website for you to use and distribute to employees at cbia.com. We also encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook for updates. And of course, you can call us anytime with questions at 860-244-1900. First, I wanted to share a quick message from CBIA, especially if you are a member. CBIA's priority right now is executing our business continuity plan and ensuring that we continue to serve our member companies while maintaining a safe workplace um, for CBIA employees. So obviously this is a very dynamic situation and we're sharing some of the same issues and concerns that you are for your employees in your workplace. At this time on March 12th, our Hartford office remains open, uh, but we are gonna be assessing that on a daily basis. And we have contingency plans in place should we need to close the office and work remotely. Unfortunately, we have made the decision today to cancel all CBIA programs and events through the end of June. We're also working really closely with the governor's office, state agencies, and other business organizations to help coordinate the business community's response to this pandemic. To get more information, I talked with David Lewis, CEO of Operations Inc. in Norwalk, to discuss what businesses can do right now to ensure employee safety and making sure business continuity plans are in place in case of a workplace shutdown. Our goal is to make sure that you're informed and prepared during this very uncertain time. Being vigilant is important, but remaining calm and empowered is key. And with that, let's call David. So David, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Shannon. So first, what can businesses do right now to prevent the virus spread between employees in the workplace? I think if businesses haven't already figured it out, they need to go and follow everything that cdc.gov has to offer and organizations um, that are using cdc.gov as their backbone uh, as also a guide. Um, everything that you read and hear suggests that the key at this point is to try and figure out um, how to improve hygiene, how to ensure that you are not coming too close in contact with coworkers and visitors to your workplace and how to keep an eye out for anybody that is a potential um, ind individual who is um, currently potentially carrying the virus, which is very difficult to do because it means that the person you'll be able to see is the one that has symptoms. And the biggest problem here is that anywhere from five to 10 days, someone can go without any symptoms but still be a carrier. So it, it really puts a huge onus on employers to try and figure out how it is that I'm supposed to keep my employees safe when I can't necessarily see that the virus already exists in my office. But these are some of the steps that you know companies are taking, at least as a measure, 
to make the workplace a safer place to be. And what what are those measures um, in terms of upping hygiene? I mean, they're pretty, uh, you know, self-explanatory. Washing your hands for, you know, 20 seconds with soap and warm water, um, using hand sanitizer uh, whenever you can. What are some other measures that employers are implementing? So I'll answer the question by describing what has changed in our workplace. We have about 100 employees. We're based in Norwalk. Um, So the first thing that I noticed was that in order to get into our new offices, you need to swipe a card and then push open or pull open a door. We started propping doors open a week ago, Um, even though it presented some level of a security concern by keeping the doors open. I thought it was a safety concern to have people commonly touch all of these doors. So we started there. We mounted Purell um, dispensers, which are now at a premium uh, to be able to find if you don't have them. We instructed all of our employees to Purell upon returning to the suite at any point in time. We did provide them with all of the advice as it relates to proper hygiene for washing their hands and coughing and things of that nature. We've gone ahead and we pay close attention to all of the commonly touched areas within our space. Copier buttons, coffee machines, handles to cabinets and kitchens, handles to refrigerators, microwave ovens. And we've had somebody own the task every hour of wiping all of those areas down as a means to um, to ensure that there's no additional potential of spread. And then finally, like a lot of other offices, we have a number of desks that are unassigned because they're for people who don't necessarily come to the office all the time and therefore they hotel that way. Well, those areas were of major concern. So every single day, the keyboard, the mouse, the monitor, the work surface gets wiped down. Um, and, you know, I, 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 as good as a measure as those are, and I'm sure as above board um, against most other companies, we'll, we'll look at that and say, geez, that's a lot more than we're doing. You know, I, I don't know that by any means it means that it's a safe work environment. It's a safer work environment. So should businesses start implementing business continuity plans? Um, And if they don't have one or a formal emergency plan in place, what are the most important things uh, that they can do right now to keep business operations running or at least running um, at a small, smaller capacity, especially if the physical workplace or the facility um, is going to be shut down in the near future? Yeah, so so I think the first thing is that when, especially when smaller businesses hear those terms, they get very stressed out because it sounds like something that they either can't do, haven't done, or are not capable of doing. But business continuity plans really, in this case, just um, go to the point of, okay, so you've got a couple of things to think about. One is Maybe everybody can't keep coming to the office at some point in the near term. How are you going to operate your business at that point if you don't have the ability to bring everybody into that central location you've been bringing them to? Um, The second is what happens if somebody gets sick within your office um, and you are not able to have them return to work? Well, we've all dealt with that. Unfortunately, we may be dealing with that on a larger scale here. So it's trying to figure out to the best of your ability how you're going to cover for each person that potentially is not able to come back to work immediately and winds up, you know, in a situation of either quarantine, 
um, or worse, maybe even hospitalization. So though, that's really what your continuity plan is all about. It's asking yourself those questions and trying to figure out how you're going to address those points. And now is the time to do it. Um, you can do it on a fully reactive level after, you know, these factors have come to, uh, to the forefront. But, you know, you, you need to really try and think about that before then because you're going to make better decisions um, and you're going to ultimately be more successful with those decisions. And then the toughest part of everything that's going on here is that this is like falling off a cliff when it comes to the volume of business that's walking in your door. And it's unprecedented. There is no, um, there is no book out there that says what happens if you go through a pandemic. Nobody's written that book. Somebody will um, in the coming years. But what it tends to mean right now and what we're seeing is that you might wind up with such a drop in business that you have to start thinking about letting people go or putting people on furlough or laying them off, whatever term you want to use. At the end of the day, it's coming down to cutting staff. So thinking now about who those people potentially would be, and that comes down to looking at where you are most vulnerable given the circumstances here. And if it's across the board, then you should start looking again at the what ifs. The key at this point to this entire exercise, in my view, is an exercise in survival. And those who are going to survive and come out um, still intact and able to rebuild things back to where they were are the ones that are ahead of this curve. The ones behind may not be given the opportunity to recover. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if business operations or facilities are physically shut down uh, and employees can't come into work, what can uh, businesses offer to those employees in terms of uh, sick leave or um, other kinds of medical leave? Um, what can they offer to employees? So it's a tricky question, um, and it's going to get either more difficult or easier depending on what state and federal governments do. So you're hearing a lot of talk, but nothing has been finalized um, at the point that we're talking of what kind of stimulus may be put in place at the federal level, for example, to provide some type of paid sick leave for the population of displaced workers. There's also the potential of having that occur at a state level where the state would provide something along those lines. And then finally, they may use um, their powers, again, state or federal level to provide some enhanced unemployment um, levels of pay and an extended period of unemployment. So you have all these factors that are at least being talked about and and programs that could, could create a softer landing for those individuals that are displaced, meaning those that lose their jobs or that you have to lay off. You really need to be careful here about how generous you are out of the box. Because unfortunately, the question becomes, you know, are you, are you prepared to do for the next 10 people what you're doing for the first two? You may not look at this and think, well, I have 10 people that I need to lay off. So I'm going to, you know, you may think, well, I just have two. So for these two, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pay them for the rest of the month um, to give them a chance to at least put some of that money away and stretch this thing out. And I'm hoping this won't go that long and I'll be able to bring them back soon enough. And now suddenly you've got 10 more and you've provided some level of a precedent in terms of what you've done for those first two. 
So, you know, it's a terrible um, statement to make, but I think in this case it's very true that no good deed goes unpunished. You need to be very careful about how you're thinking about what you're doing for those folks as it relates to things like severance um, or, um, or, you know, for furloughs or for layoffs. And then lastly, you've got the legal component. You know, if somebody needs to take time off because of a medical condition for themselves or for a member of their family, you need to get um, educated very quickly as to what your legal obligations are, both as it pertains to things like the Family Medical Leave Act, but also things pertaining to your um, historical practice related to medical leaves. So if you were a company, for example, that typically allowed people to take medical leaves um, upon some level of approval for a period of, say, six weeks or eight weeks, even if it was unpaid, you need to look at that and you potentially will need to offer the same exact practice to those individuals who are now sick, even if it means that you're doing it for a large portion of your population. It gets very complicated very quickly. It's why we're advising our clients to really thoughtfully review these plans and do so ideally with an expert before you make any decisions because they could, could come back to bite you in the end. The last question I have is, what can business leaders and executives do to keep employees' anxiety at ease? Uh, there's a lot of anxiety in the media and um, with more cases popping up now in the state, um, large events being canceled. It's creating a lot of anxiety. So what can business leaders do to put that anxiety at ease for their employees? So I'll answer the question this way um, to some extent with a different version of that question. What can employers do to not add to their employees' anxiety? Because unfortunately, I'm not sure that there's much an employer can do to make people feel less anxious overall. This is an anxious time. There's a lot of uncertainty. And the amount of information that's out there, you're not going to be able to overcome as an employer and get people know, comfortable with sort of the circumstances we find ourselves in on a worldwide basis. So instead, what I'll focus on is how employers really need to over-communicate to the, um, with their employees. And by that, I mean, this is not the time um, to do a lot of closed-door meetings and not tell your employees what's going on or what your plans are. This is a time where your employees need to hear regularly from leadership where your head is at what you're thinking, what you're seeing. You don't want to bring people down by telling them, listen, our business is off 50 or 60%, but you also want to make sure that you understand, that they understand that A, you you are concerned as well, that leadership is actually leading and is looking strategically at everything that's going on, um, that you are focused on their safety and that you are putting measures in place to be able to address that that you're sympathetic um, to their situations and that you understand, for example, that they now may have kids that are coming home because schools are closing and now they have to take care of those kids. It's all right now about communication. Again, the, the employers that do this right, they're communicating often daily, if not more often, with their employees to tell them, this is what we're seeing, this is what we're planning on doing, and make the employee feel that it's one less thing to worry about, that the company has their best interests at heart, that there is leadership that is actually taking into consideration all that's going on around them, and that at a minimum, that the workplace is not a place that's adding to their stress, 
but the workplace is a place that is trying to ease their stress. Absolutely. Um, that's great advice. Uh, so thank you so much, David. I really appreciate you um, talking with us for a couple minutes about this, you know, really important issue right now. My pleasure, Jen. Um, stay safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of CBIA's BizCast. Again, for more information on the coronavirus, visit cbia.com and call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.